I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. I wanna welcome everybody to another episode of Design to Heal. I am your average Jeff with Dr. Ben Rawl. Dr. Ben, we've got uh, we got an old buddy of mine. Here yeah, that's, uh, you're, you're bringing today, you some know. you're bringing some game to you know, the game You've to been the bringing game some now. good guests. So I know, I'm like, so man, I gotta one-up you a little bit here. I'm just but. glad to know you have friends. <laughs> well, I, that I hope she is. Have this, or this, this long and this many shows, you had somebody that said, yeah, I'll be on that oh, show. Like, you should talk, right? Yeah, you know, you're the guy I'm talking here. No, well, but Dr. Leslie Carey is on the show with us today, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist and teaches. She's like I said, she's a doctor. She got her doctorate and uh, very qualified to speak on some of the things that we, uh, not that you need that to be able to speak on some of the subject matter of today, but I was especially moved because Dr. Leslie, your, your dad passed just this past week and, yeah. um, you know, was dealing with a cancer battle and everything. And I just, I got this, I got this text from you that I'm going to read in, in just a little bit. It really just said, man, I, you know, you always approach these conversations so delicately because I'm going, man, the last thing I want to do in, in a person's time of grieving is to do anything that would resemble any kind of exploitation of a story. Mm -hmm. But it was just so powerful what you said. And with so many people living in fear in the present age, I said, man, what a timely message that she could bring. She was gracious enough to take us up on the offer and everything. And, and I appreciate it. I, I might have promised some free coffee and some other stuff then. So I don't know. You'll wow, have to. You know, oh, I got to work know. on that with my guests. I just, you know, just come in here. He, he pays large. Yeah. He's, he's paying the large dollars right mm -hmm. there. But uh, before we get started, Dr. Leslie, if you would mind, you know, maybe just share with the audience kind of like your journey, your background in terms of like your work as a counselor and a therapist. And uh, then we'll get rolling from there. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, as you said. Mm -hmm. I've been practicing for, gosh, I think like 20 years now. <laughs> I'm starting to hate to say that. Yeah. Um, I was a professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University for the past uh, five or six years, but I cool. stopped about a year ago. Um, so my background is really working, obviously, with with, with families, but uh, I took the, the turn into trauma work yep. because I just saw how much um, trauma impacted people's abilities to connect with one another. And uh, as I continued to um, study trauma, it just became this like holistic mental health mm -hmm. thing that, that happened um, because I've always loved you know, wellness and fitness and nutrition. And I just started seeing that they couldn't be separated from one another. You guys aren't going to get along at all, Ben. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what script does he, you know? It's like when you, you know, you meet somebody, you're like, oh, somebody else came to this Promise. conclusion. I didn't you know? set any of this up. It's this is just her talking yeah. from the heart right here. But I'm going, oh my gosh, yeah, like now go. he's just getting too excited over here. So you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. I so I started another company called Heartfire, and uh, yeah. it's, um, you know, spirit, soul, and body. It's peace of mind, power in the body, peace, power, um, presence. You know, in our spirit sure. and then ultimately leading to our purpose. So so I'm all about mental health and physical health. And and so here we come to this COVID yeah. situation and, and it's really just kind of uh, really put it to the test, mm -hmm. hasn't mm -hmm. it? And so um, anyway, I don't know how, how far no, you want no, me no, to go no, with I this. Actually, right I, I want to say this. And Ben, I, this is something I remember you sharing on a previous show, not not on this show, yeah. different, different podcasts that um, probably, gosh, at least a year ago. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about as a professor teaching, you know, counseling students yeah. for all intents and purposes, 
that um, knowing now your world of trauma, that so many of them, including your own experience, like when you were going through your masters and all of that, that that training was just not out there and how you had gained such a respect for the world of trauma that it was like, you know, this is not optional students. Like you will get some protocol in your, your arsenal and everything. And I know firsthand from that world, working with you and some others around this area that, um, your understanding of trauma is that the brain can heal. So this is an especially, you know, relevant conversation for, you know, a guy like Ben, but let's get a little bit more uh, close to home though. So your dad, um, was going through a cancer battle and then literally just, and and if I could, I'm just going to read the text because I think it's a great starting point right there. And, um, so this was a group text among, um, some friends and colleagues and everything. And, um, and your response, uh, was, um, uh, let's see. I'd like to share that uh, you had sent a picture of your dad at a birthday party, yeah. right, from not long ago, and you you kind of gave some context to it. You said, "I'd like to share that at the birthday party, most people in the family got COVID, including my mom, my sister, my niece, my two daughters, uh, my brother, and his daughters, girlfriend, a whole list of people." Yeah. <laughs> and and then my dad had cancer and was immunocompromised. I was surrounded by these people for weeks and did not get COVID. I had COVID in November of last year, and my immune system was able to do what it was designed to do and keep me safe. And I still have no intentions of getting the vaccine. Then, of course, added, I honor everyone making the choice that they feel is best for them and for their families. Totally ties in with what we talked about, about medical freedom and choice. Of course, what we always talk about around here, what you advocate for, Ben. But I, I saw that text and I said, man, he even in the midst of grieving right here, you were still able to maintain that perspective that you knew in your heart, which was my body's got this. Mm-hmm. Right. And for you know, all intents and purposes, minus some rare exceptions here, most people out there that are listening to this, their body's got this. Right. Okay. And sometimes things happen and it's unfortunate. Ben always talks about how, um, what's your analogy? Like if we, if we understood the risks of driving or something like that, or that there is one, we would never go out in the car right. well, yeah, anymore. Or if, that's, like, or if that's all we talked know. about. Right. Mm-hmm. Or right. if we, yeah. if we, you know, I think so many times if we, if we, I think about the fear, you know, related to this, we would, you know, I, I know we had a woman on Reus earlier talking about giving birth. Like if you just were afraid of the pain of birth, you'd never would have a child and you would miss out on that experience. Yeah. Right. Or mm-hmm. people that are afraid of, you fill in the blank, right. Where right. we yeah. are in our life, afraid yeah. of getting an advanced degree, afraid of going to school, afraid of getting married, all of the wonderful things in life. Um, most of them have a sense of trepidation about them or there's, there's risks, yeah. right. Every time we do that. So, but if we're stuck in that fear and I don't want to, you're more qualified. I just, as a starting point for this, we will often make decisions more uh, out of desperation, out of fear than we are out of education and mm. reality, right? Because mm. we're just, there is an example, they used to call me, it's been a long time, but they used to call, there's people that are so afraid of heights that, this is a morbid example, they'll actually jump to their death oh, yeah. because it, it gets, it's over. Because they have a sense of control. Yeah. So like, I'm wow. so afraid wow. of heights. If yeah. I'm in that position, I'll jump to my death to get it over with or to control. Then I will deal with the fear here. Here's my point. Mm. What we've seen with COVID, not to put you on the spot, Doc, but to see what we're dealing with fear is we hear a story of somebody passing away, somebody getting sick, somebody going to the hospital. And then the proposed solution with a lot built up around it is just, well, just get the vaccine, right? And I think we've created a false decision tree, right? Mm-hmm. We've created a false thought process that, man, you know, it, fan the flame of fear, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then here's your one choice out of that fear. Here's what we haven't done on this show as much, and I think you will just do a great job of helping us appreciate is, first of all, that isn't the only options. Right. And that fear, that big chunk in the middle is a very real 
thing that doesn't get a lot of conversation right. Right? and the impacts of uh, on our physiology, on absolutely, our health. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, ben, I was going to add just real quick that not just the story of what, you know, you're seeing also the... Um, the narrative of it's too late to get the vaccine. Now, all these doctors are coming out. You see these news stories. You know, this person's laying on their deathbed in the hospital, and I I resisted. I didn't do that. And look, I mean, again, I know this is a very complicated topic, but they're using fear, and that's very motivating for people. There have been a lot of people that said, man, I trust my immune system. I trust my immune system. And then they read that one article, or it's or it's a friend or whatever, and oh my gosh, look at this person now who, who was totally where I was and then flip-flopped their position, and now they – you know, regret having not gotten the vaccine or for whatever reason I mean, that sort of thing. That's a very powerful narrative and it's being used quite a bit out there right now, isn't it? And I, I really honor the the power that we have or the right that we have to choose. And and I, I would like to share that mm. um, that my dad, he had had cancer. It was the third time it had come back. He had throat cancer and he had radiation. He had chemo. And the third time he was doing some immunotherapy and had a reaction to it. So he elected not to proceed with any more treatments. Mm and just wanted to enjoy the rest of his days. And they had given him about a year to live. Wow. And so he was inside because he knew he was immunocompromised. He wasn't able to get the vaccine. Um, and so he was just at home, like watching TV, you know? And so when things started to open up again, my dad loves to boat. He has a, he has a beautiful yacht that he'd go to Bahamas. And he said, cool. I just want to take my boat to the Bahamas one more time. Hmm. And, and I said, you know, I'm really for you living, but I'm, I'm really not sure that that's the best idea. But... It's your life, and if that's what you want to do, then I want you to go do what you want to do. Mm. And so he and my mom went to Bahamas with their friends on the boat. They got back the beginning of July, and he knew the risk. And within a week, when they got back, they had the birthday party, which was great. All the family was there. And then two days after the birthday party, he got sick and was in the hospital, mm. and he didn't come back out. Mm. But at the same time, he knew that the painful death that he was supposed to experience with the throat cancer was, I mean, he was a proud man. He was, you know, he, he didn't want to see his, his family to see him yeah, go through that. Sure. And he took a choice to, to say, I want to live my life and I want to be surrounded by my, my friends and family and doing the things that I want to do. And if I know the risks and I take that chance, that's for me to decide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I really honor his choice, even though we all miss him terribly. Mm -hmm. He he went out the way that he would on his own terms, doing what he loved, surrounded Absolutely. by friends and family. Yeah. And so what I don't like is that that we're losing our ability to choose mm. or that, that mm. we're trying to lose our ability to choose. And this goes beyond, I'm just imagining you're in the mental health world and things like that. Um, of course, I'm just, my, my niche in it is medical freedom, right? right. But I think when we lose the... That is a part of hopelessness. Right. When we lose the perceived ability to choose, yes. we are we're no longer living. Right? We're we're automatons. We're robots. We're whatever. And I think that is has a very real effect on us. Right? Like my wife and I have these conversations about just if if things continue to get super weird, right? And the mandates and some and we lose some of those. I'm gonna have to recalibrate. Yeah. My version of hope. Yeah. Right. Because I'm gonna have to remember the the classic Viktor Frankl, you know, book. Right. The the meaning of life, or whatever. And his whole premise is, if you lose hope, right, right. then you essentially, right, it was people that thought they were gonna get Christmas didn't. They die two days later after Christmas, or or whatever. Or you'll hear a lot of these people, even in healthcare, they'll say when they get a prognosis, you'll be dead in six months. An inordinate amount of people die right around that time, and it doesn't really make physiological sense. They're not right. that good at guessing, right? Yeah. Um, it's not a it's not a due date of a baby, and so the power of that thought process that we have. And if we think we've lost, if I didn't think I had any choices regarding my health, my family, my lifestyle, I, 
uh, maybe a little bit extreme here, but uh, there wouldn't be a lot to live for. Right. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this is COVID. Sure. You're using the example of your father and your family, right? Knowing those risks, informed consent, ability to choose. We're all adults here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's bigger than COVID. I mean, right. it's clearly Absolutely. bigger than COVID. Yeah. And so Absolutely. what is, what is so curious, and I'm just putting you on the spot. I know we haven't talked about this. Is your family mostly on that same page? Respected dad's choice. Um, I, I know I hear stories sometimes, oh, I regret that I went to the party or did I cause it or did I not wash my hands enough? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard to know what the best choice is. And that's why I said, I honor you. I want you to do whatever is best for you. If you would have said, don't come over to the birthday, we would have said, okay, dad, we love you. Right. Yeah. That's fine. But if you're right. cool with us coming, yeah. you know, we didn't show up unannounced with 80 of us, you know what I mean? Right. right? Or whatever yeah. the, yeah. And I'll say that there were some people that came to the party that had their vaccine and they did not get COVID. You know, so, so, you know, I've seen a lot of people that have gotten the vaccine that still got COVID, sure. but there was some evidence that the people who did have the vaccine did not get COVID at the party. So there's some support of that. Um, but, you know, a lot of my family members did not have not gotten it um, because they're all relatively healthy people. Yeah. And, um, you know, but there's some, you know, my mom has asked, you know, gosh, maybe if I had gotten the vaccine, you know, because like, it's hard to know who who got it, who gave it to. Everyone just kind of got it at the same time. So it's really hard to know. And it's like, you know, we're not going to know all those things, you know, and, and it's like, you know, we get into that game of let me prevent every possible negative outcome that yeah. could happen. And the next thing you know, we're not going to the grocery store because we could get run over by a car, wow. right? We talked on an earlier episode of a, a, a school district up in Tallahassee area. And I think the superintendent is on made a statement, something like, uh, I'm going to force a mask mandate because I couldn't. And I think it's where we have to be really careful, right? You did a mm-hmm. great example. They're talking about your mom where he said, or he or she, I don't know if it's a male or female superintendent. And they said, um, I just can't live with myself if a child got COVID and died. And I said, and okay, I can, we can all, I can understand that. I understand what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. The problem is um, the mask doesn't necessarily stop that from happening. Because okay, we also yeah. go to the grocery store and we go to soccer games and we travel right. and we see friends and we go to birthday parties and we all make different decisions outside of our, our life in the eight, six, eight hours we're at school. So the reason I, I bring that up is because you're right. We, we, we create these, these in, um, incomplete narratives or incomplete mm-hmm. you know, story sets that don't tell the whole story, right. but it sounds reasonable for a second, right? Like, right. oh my gosh. But, but the end game of that is we all live in a bubble right? Yeah. We all, you know, and then that doesn't even take into the, imp- the implications of the fear of that lockdown at home, right. suicide, depression, anxiety, drug abuse, you know, physical abuse, pick your, right. pick your poison. Literally. And that's really where hmm. I was going with that is that, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about if it scares you not to have it, then you should go get it <laughs> because you're, you're putting yourself or at get risk. Or yourself educated to some degree right. about the, yeah, right. you know, what right. it does, yes, it doesn't do or whatever. Yourself. Yeah. But I mean, for some people, it's kind of like I had, I had my children um, at home with a midwife, right? And, and I'm not against people People having babies in the hospital, right? I think that that you should do what is what is right for you. Um, but if if having a child at home terrified you, you should have a child at the hospital because your body is going to shut down and it's not physiologically going to do what it was designed to do if you're in a state of fear. And now, I think can the I, same. Can I ask you something though? Because yeah. I because I, I I and I just asked another guest this. I totally appreciate that. Right. Mm-hmm. This is where I feel like I want to just speak into something for a listener. However, if that fear has been programmed inappropriately by culture for 30 years, yeah. press into that and see if there is something to do there that, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're talking earlier, I'm not putting you on the spot, right? Yeah, yeah. We can heal trauma. We can heal yes. from that. So there's some people that have a bad car accident. They don't want to drive again. 
Right. But we yeah. don't say, hey, since you don't ever want to drive again, don't ever drive. No, we're like, hey, get on the horse, right? Get in the right. car. Yeah. Ease into it. So I want to, I challenge that only because I think that, it's not challenging you, it can be a cop-out for people, right? right. That they just continue to live in the, I, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. But I would also say a lot of times that's not actually backed by any sort of thoughtful Right. Looking into it. Right. But yes. as I hear you talking, I hear you saying that the same thing to what Ashley was saying previous yeah. guest. She was talking about how like, hey, the, you because you asked, what's the best advice you would give somebody? And she said, I've been blessed to be able to stop and to rest, to step back, to listen and to learn, essentially. Right. Like those would be the questions. paraphrase. To ask questions, right? To give myself the space to go, I don't have to make brash, quick decisions and everything. Yes. That's not what we have in 2021 by and large. Like everything is moving at turbo speed, going down a road of we got to act now. And if I'm watching the news all night, tell me how bad and scary it is. Like that's not going to help me deal with that. Right, right. right. So know? I hear you yeah. saying that, hey, it's okay. Like the, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'm necessarily hearing you endorse people like right. not do. Yeah. I think you believe in what yeah. the the decisions that you've made for yourself, but it's more of. Hey, for the rest of you guys, at least give yourself the space to step back and know yeah. why you're doing what you're doing, right? And yeah. you don't get that just by you know feeding on the propaganda that's up You there. don't get that by by passivity on either right. end. Right? Well, regardless, yeah. I guess it's a therapist yeah. in me that the first step is to like establish safety. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. okay, first I might thing. need to see you, <laughs> all right? Uh, not for my sake, but for the people I interact yeah. with sake, right? Teach well, me how to establish safety. <laughs> Generally, people aren't going to allow you to lead them anywhere unless they feel safe with you yeah. and unless they yeah. feel safe, period. So when people feel unsafe, they dig their heels in, they shut down. And, and, and so it's like, okay, well, just relax. You don't have to do anything right now, right? Mm. Let's, let's, just, let's just get to a place of safety. And in that place of safety, we open up to being able to inquire and explore and learn new things and new ideas and be open to other ideas. And, okay, right? so Leslie, I got to ask you from your perspective, is that just the, the quintessential definition of what happens when people get into the, the throes of fight or flight and everything, that they're in that like elevated physiology and we're in, I mean, we're in survival mode for all intents and purposes. Like body mm-hmm. can be preparing to war at that point. Right. And uh, what you're saying is like in that space, you can step back and then start to like let the rational parts of you take over again and listen and learn because you don't yeah. do that in fight or flight. Well, right? no, I mean, biologically, <laughs> your amygdala is firing and yeah. your prefrontal cortex is short circuited. So you're yep. not able to do those complex reasoning tasks. Yes. You're not yes. developing new neural pathways. Yep. And so there's no learning. That's why children who've experienced trauma have greater rates of learning disability. They're not less intelligent mm. beings. They just their brains have been rewired towards survival, and yeah. so they're not learning as easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you talk about this right now? That was really interesting because now I'm biased. I mean, I've got my perspective. Okay, <laughs> probably a lot of confirmation bias built in there and everything else. But Wait, what are you talking about? I've never heard hypothetically, of this. Hypothetically, <laughs> okay. I, I but I but you said something that I think could be powerful. If I'm in that fight or flight state, and my amygdala is firing, and my prefrontal cortex. So if I'm going to say it this way. You tell me if this is a fair way to say it. So if I am in such a state of fear, and I'm just going to use COVID because mm-hmm. it's here, or mm-hmm. it's, the, you know, of COVID, it's going to be very difficult for me to learn a new narrative mm-hmm. about maybe it's not as dangerous as I'm hearing. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you hear about the, the death, you don't hear about the 99.8 recovery, you know, and you don't mm-hmm. hear that. If that was what was celebrated, you don't hear the, everybody that gets out of the hospital, you hear about the person that didn't get out of the hospital, right? And I'm just, yes. for our perspective here, so... But it's, you're it's prone help. to filter that too. That's the thing. You're prone to filter those results and only hear the negative. But well, that's I, the only one that's threatening to you. Right. So when we're in this position, because I think so much of my frustration is when I'm dealing with whether it's friends or family or people, right? Mm-hmm. And and you feel you. I probably say something just like this. My goodness, it's like they can't 
hear anything or, right. or learn anything. It's like, you know, cognitive dissonance sometimes we kind of chalk yes. it up as, but you're making me think there's almost a thing behind just, sometimes we just think cognitive dissonance, like I just don't want to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. No, there is actually something going on neurologically that's yeah. not allowing them yes. to even entertain right. that. Yep. And you may be saying, if, if there's even something for a take home for a person, until you get yourself in just a place of, you know, shut the TV. I don't know what, mm-hmm. you know, probably you have some action steps for our people, yeah. right? To help them slow down that firing of that amygdala, right. slow down that, you know, I took a vacation last week. I haven't, I don't do that. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't take a week off. I need more therapy, more counseling on this. Right. But yeah. I found myself come Wednesday, you know, like my wife was even like, wow, you're like chilling, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Right. Because I'm just, it means she likes you live on that. <laughs> live, I think she, she, she likes you more on Wednesday. <laughs> so is that, <laughs> So is that, is that a, is that a, did I say that the last part, but that first part, is that accurate when a person is stuck in so much fear of COVID or yeah. birth or? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with cell danger response, right? right? And so the cell membrane, when there's a perceived threat and that threat could be biological, it could be psychological, mm-hmm. but that cell membrane hardens and normal metabolic processes are interrupted. And so there's not that transmission across the cell membrane that normally happens. And so it's like, you know, it's like it battens down, the, you know, the hatchet, so mm-hmm. to speak. So to, to wait until the threat passes and then it opens up and it's, you know, I think of it like a hurricane, right? You know, the hurricane's over and now we go back to business. Or the hurricane didn't come. Right. Or the hurricane, and, the, and the threat right. is over and you go, then we laugh right. about it and right. we say, oh, those news people just, yeah. you know, want us to buy water. But a lot of us are looping through threat responses all the time, COVID or not, yeah. you know, because mm. of unresolved trauma. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that cell danger response is what leads to a lot of chronic illnesses because normal maintenance isn't happening on the body the way it should. Okay, so part two then to that question. So not only can it stop me from maybe learning a different narrative about a scenario, mm-hmm. right? Had a bad experience with a girl, you know, a girlfriend when I was 10. Mm-hmm. So girls are bad, yes. right? You mm-hmm. know, so you have to deal with that. So there's the just the, the I can't learn and trust again in that maybe particular area. But then also you introduce this idea of the physiological effects on, we'll call it chronic disease, a word I use a lot. I'm sure it's a word you're comfortable with, you know, this idea of resiliency, you know, mm-hmm. the virus that, the virus that, you know, your your niece or nephew or aunt and uncle or whatever, you know, had and, and, and healed from fine is the same virus that killed somebody. It's the same virus. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it had to do with the resiliency of the person with it. Right. So when we don't, appreciate what you just said enough. And hey, if I am living, if you would truly are afraid of COVID or something else, mm-hmm. um, then if you, I mean, I mean this genuinely, if you right. really are very afraid of it, your advice of hearing you would be very powerful. I say like, I have to really combat that fear. Yes. Like yes. for my own health. Right. And also other health choices I can make in my life, whether it's things you talked about earlier, nutrition and fitness and mental health, all of these things that make sense to us. And so is, is that... Um, again, an accurate statement. And could you speak to that for our listeners a little bit of just like, what's a very real, like, like your immune system yeah. literally is not as good. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, and that is, um, that's, that's really like, you know, why I do the program that I do is I say we have, you know, a lot of times people come in because they're having chronic illness and it's like, okay, let's address the trauma. So your body can do what it's designed to do, which is to heal. We cut our finger, it heals. You give a person that has trauma, it's having a bunch of health issues, or, yeah. right? And then you deal with the trauma and their health issue goes yes. away. And they look yes. at you like you're some sort of guru. Right. And exactly. you're like, well, right. how did, how did my headaches go away right. from me, you know? 
Right, you know, but we, we turned off the, I call it the hurricane alarm, right, that, that keeps your body looping through in this emergency response where normal maintenance procedures aren't happening. Once we turn off the alarm, it's, it goes back to normal operating procedures. Maintenance happens and your body heals. So I wake up and I watch the news and I see the death count and I Google how many people died of COVID today and I go look at people, and right? And threat response and goes just, on and boom. your body is not ready to heal and then it predisposes you to infection. And so that's and why I'm stressed. And so I'm yes. taking medications because right. I'm stressed and I'm living on junk food because I'm stress eating and I don't sleep because I'm stressed out yeah. and I don't exercise because I feel right. like, right, yeah. I'm afraid like, and I'm wearing a mask because I'm afraid of the Lowers air. Lowers your oxygen. Oh, just real, realistically, right? I'm <laughs> not even trying to be worth, funny, right? Ben and Leslie, worth pointing out though, like, you know, we would sit here and step back and go, well, why, why would somebody get up and Google this stuff and look at the news? Like why the madness? And I think there's a reality of that. Doesn't the brain look for a reason for things, tries to make sense out of stuff. Right. So if you're in this sort of paranoid state, that's maybe not the best word, but fight or flight state or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, your brain is probably looking with a bit of selection bias mm -hmm. as to give me reasons why this is happening. Oh, th th look at that article. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. And it right. just feeds it more and more and more. So they yes. never get the rest to step right. back. Yeah. And so, Ben, I know that we've talked about before. There's there's some darkness and some evil, no doubt, that's going on right now with with all of this. But I think the vast majority of people who are living in that fear, who are who are the ones posting out on Twitter or responding to those who are who maybe advocate a position like yours that kind of say, "Hey, I trust my immune system and everything," and they're like, "No, you, you know, anti science, anti whatever." I literally think that some of those people are just they're so stuck in that cycle mm -hmm. that you're talking about yeah. and they continue to consume based on the fact that they're looking for a reason to justify the position. They're not mm -hmm. bad people. No. They're just people stuck no. in that endless cycle of right. you know, yeah. endless rut and everything. Yeah. Is that fair? And I think most people, I mean, we're all wired to survive and and so yeah. you know, and and to love and to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And so when this, you know, that's part of it is this is this is how I survive and this is how I love and connect with people and help keep people safe is to do this. And yeah. and so we're when we're presented with a problem, you know, then we're looking for the solution. And so it's like, here's the problem. Here's the solution. And, totally. and it's like people just want to feel better. And so if they're scared and you're telling me this is going to make that go away, then, you know, and that's that's what it is. And you, the guy, Ben, who doesn't get the vaccine, are therefore the enemy of making that go away because you're part of the problem, even though well, the science doesn't well, back no, that. Well, no, but what I'm just thinking, but I think this is why people are having a real crisis right now, even a little bit post-vax, is now as they're learning it didn't do what they were maybe promised, yeah. they're having a little bit of a, of a crisis in their mm -hmm. mind. Yeah, mm -hmm. going, still it, not safe. It resolved my fear. Yeah. I thought I was told it would, right? And now, mm -hmm. I, now it doesn't. It's almost like it's almost like worse. You know, it's like you, you told me that, you know, boyfriends aren't bad. I had another one and he was mean too, right? right. You lied to yeah. me and now it's almost yeah. like, who do I who trust? Do I trust? And, yeah. and, and yeah. I, yeah, now I'm almost, whether I almost would say it's, it's, it's almost worse. Do you mind speaking a little bit more just to, cause I really want to press this home and I put you on the spot again, Leslie, but just, mm. just like I always want people to have an appreciation of how amazing their body is to heal. Just like mm. you were talking about, right? Yeah. Like sometimes when you're probably talking to trauma people, you, you feel like you probably feel like a broken record. Like, I know I'm going to just remind you again, mm. <laughs> Right. You can heal, yeah. right? But my other doctor didn't say that, and my other therapist didn't say that, and the VA didn't say that, and I don't even believe that, right? And so you yeah. just have to keep coming home. The impacts to the the emotional stress and its yeah. implications in your absolutely your physiology. I am not talking about ooh, I'm think I'm stressed. I mean, yes, that's real, but I mean very much like your immune system is lowered. Yeah. Okay. I, I want people to really understand because I think the reason I'm pressing on this, Leslie, is I just think somebody might be listening to this and realize, oh my gosh, I actually am mm -hmm. in a lot of, you know what? I'll even go a step further. If you're in a lot of fear, I'm actually getting convicted myself. I spend so much energy getting mad about stuff, yeah. you know, <laughs> because 
Yeah. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket world. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. that's equally as unhealthy. Yeah. So I'd like to speak mm. to that. So I call it finding zero, right? So I call zero like my center point. It's mm. my still point, you know? And so if I, on my little graph, I have, um, you know, zero is the midline. And then there's the zone of tolerance, which is our capacity for distress, how much stress we can take and stay regulated. Mm. And is We're, that, that's a, that's a kind of a, for each of us a little different. It is, right. right. I mean, our zone is, our zone, our capacity, mm. our zone of tolerance ranges from person to person. But that zone of tolerance, that capacity for distress tolerance in that space is where we're able to connect with people. It's where we're able to be present. It's also where our body heals. We can adapt. We can. It, you know, but it's where our body does maintenance. Wow. And so once we pop into that threat response, whether it's hyperarousal or hypoarousal, we're no longer available for connection interpersonally, but our body is also no longer healing because it's in threat response mode. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's ready to deal yeah. with the Catabolic, tiger. we're breaking down. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Wow. So, so... So my my point in finding zero is is that we want to stay as close to that midline as possible because there's going to be ebbs and flows and swells throughout the day as we deal with the stress of life. But we want as much as possible to stay within that capacity, within that zone of tolerance, so that our body can continue to heal and our immune system continue to work. But if many of us are living on the edges of our capacity, like good or bo- bad, bo- yeah, 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 I mean, but you know, from everything, you yeah. know, and so our our the remainder of capacity that we have left before we pop into a threat response is so narrow, right? And we have very little left. And so we're not very resilient in that sense, emotionally or physiologically. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, do you use the word a lot? Um, I'm just thinking about what you, just with your father. I've lost my father, different scenario, but um, with cancer, but I'm thinking about um, the word that comes to mind right now is perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Where, because perspective, I think, can help not being familiar with your terms of zero point, right? But just this um, of help keeping it, because there might be people that are going through the same experience of your dad, mm-hmm. right? Losing their dad or, or yeah. maybe people in your family and they're having a hard time finding zero, right? Because yeah. they're stuck in a, a very real thing, right? Mm-hmm. I miss my dad, I miss my brother, I miss my whatever, right? And they're out of that zone right now. And maybe for seasons we get there. But I'm also just wondering, sometimes we have to step back and I have to remind myself, and this is what I mean by this. My dad did what he wanted to do. When my dad made a decision to treat his cancer differently than other people, it upset a lot of people in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but he made he did what he wanted to do, right? When he decided after he was healed, but he just, cancer came back a couple of years later, and he decided he didn't want to deal with it any, he didn't want to treat it. People struggle with that. As my dad, I just loved him and decided I just said, "All right, you know, um, it broke my heart just because it's my dad, but right. it's my it's his it's decision." His choice, right? So my question is: Is it help? Does the perspective we take into a scenario help us stay in bounds? So I need to remind myself, Dad, Dad made the decision to go Bahamas on his own. Dad wanted to have the birthday party, you know, or yeah. whatever the scenario is, yep. right? I chose not to get vaccinated. I chose to get vaccinated. I had a negative outcome to that. I don't know, right? right. Yeah. But or or what are the real risks of whatever it is in there, right? We we at home birth as well. We you know we homeschool. Like it's like there's pros and cons to all of it, right? right? Yeah. And if and I can't, risks. and there's risks, um, and so. Is that a fair? Do you talk about perspective to people? Because sometimes we get so myopic, right? We can get so stuck. Well, yeah, well, absolutely. And when you know, kind of getting into some cognitive behavioral work, but we you know we talk about um, you know the events that happen in our life are only worth ten percent, and our reactions to those events are worth ninety percent in mm-hmm. creating our lived experience. And so, you know, something that someone does is worth ten percent, but the story I tell myself about that is going to drive an emotional, a feeling, and then a a behavior. And so I don't have control over what somebody else does, but I have 
if once I become conscious and aware of it, ideally control over the story I tell myself about that, which is going to create my emotional experience and emotion drives behavior. So when we, we look at the emotion we're having, we're going, I'm feeling this way because you did that. We go, eh, not really. Like that's 10%. Mm-hmm. But what question is, what is the story that you're telling yourself about someone doing that that's causing you to feel that way? Is the old, is, I'm thinking the old adage, you know, um, like unforgiveness is like, you know, drinking poison and expecting the other person to, to yeah, die, you right, know, right? Yeah. As I hear you talk about it, I just think, and I'm getting more convicted myself than maybe anything else, just those things we harbor at other people, right? Just mm-hmm. the anger of, uh, that can happen, right? Or frustration, even though they might feel righteous sometimes, right? Fight righteous anger, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say, right? Can still put yeah. us out of that tolerance zone. Um, so if, if I'm hearing you right, if you're listening to this, you know, just I, I think that that reality, that that experience or the, the thing that happened is 10 percent. And then how I respond is the 90 mm-hmm. is a really big deal. Can't do much about the 10. Right. That happened. Yeah. You know, stubbed my toe. Somebody car That's accident right. yeah. uh, fell off the bridge. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Got COVID. OK. Right. Now, how the perspective I choose to take into that yes. is a really big deal. Yeah. This is why we talk about design to heal. My perspective is I know I'm designed to heal. Right. If I'm going into trauma therapy not thinking I can heal, mm-hmm. that's a rough narrative to break, right? And and as it relates to COVID in this situation is that, you know, I, I'm looking at, okay, what story do I need to tell myself about this to stay within my capacity so that my body can continue to function? Not delusional, though. No, no, right? yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, not like... Not okay. delusional, yeah. but it, but it's, but there's multiple truths at any given moment, right? And so it's mm. which one do I want to tune into, you know? Um, so, you know, there's... I, sometimes, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic and it's like, oh, this person tried to run me off the road. And it's like, maybe, maybe they were deliberately trying to run you off the road. Maybe. Um, or maybe, you know, it's like, you know, that person wasn't looking where they were going. And, you know, good thing I was paying attention. But they're each going to give you a different emotional experience, which is going to carry into how you interact with the next person you meet and so forth. And so what I'm saying is we're, you're not going to be able to control whether your neighbor gets the vaccine or not. Right. Ideally. Um, but what you can say is, you know what, I have no control over that. I don't necessarily like that. I would prefer that they did that differently, but I don't have control over that. But what I do have control over is that I'm going to take all the steps I can to keep myself and my family safe. And so I'm going to, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot yeah. change, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So for you, mm. I'm imagining, I know first time we've met, but it's the way you share things and the way you're sharing here today, somewhat outspoken, not in a you know, not in a brash way, right? But just willing to share your perspective, right? And not necessarily feel the need to apologize for that perspective. I imagine you have in your life maybe gotten kicked back or something. I mean, yeah. people are like, whoa, or even in just even could go straight to the trauma work, right? right? There's a whole sector of people that do trauma work that don't believe the brain can heal. Right. Don't believe trauma yeah. is he right? It's just it's almost like a disease that you have to have forever, and you can't yeah. really heal from it, right? And it's like you know. Um, so, do you, can you speak to that? Because you seem to do a good job of finding zero, even in the midst of probably being attacked at times. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Has yeah. that happened to you? Or well, I guess maybe hmm. it's the the boundary work I've done as a therapist. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm okay with you disagreeing with me, you know, and I'm okay with us having different opinions about that because. This is my backyard and you have your backyard and you can think whatever you want to think in your backyard. And and I, ex- I expect that people are going to honor my space and I have my boundaries to protect them. But if they're unhappy with what I'm doing in my backyard, I don't have control over that. Right. But I can't change what I'm doing in my backyard to please everybody because everyone has a different opinion about what I should be doing in my backyard. So the only person that really I answer to about what I'm doing in my backyard is God. 
Yeah. Right. And so that's between me and the Lord. And beyond that, you know, I just and I try to do, you know, what I feel is right. And I speak my truth and I hope that and I honor other people's truth. And I try to model that for them, you know, which is how can we own our truth, but also doing it in a way that's that's honoring of other people, because I don't tell anyone what they should do or what they should think or how they should feel. But I'm sharing how I feel and I'm modeling how to do that for one another respectfully. Can I ask you a mm. question as we kind of, you know, work our way, you know, on the show? So I'm just thinking about maybe real life examples. Like we, I, I can hear you, right? I think, okay, well, like, what does that look like? I'm asking myself, right? Especially even in my world, doctoring, you know, in a mm. different way, you know, more the physical piece of it. And I think about that. I'm just thinking about a person that maybe is in your space and you know that they that physical exercise might be really awesome for them, right? right yeah. Mentally and just the whole thing, right? So, um, but they're not maybe not into it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, right? And so I'm not here to, you know, I'm not into mandating exercise anywhere that I'm into mandating vaccines, you right, follow, right? right but right. also, because um, sometimes I think we have to get into another narrative we understand better to see mm-hmm. how that relates to another one, right? You know, because um, we're all trying to still, so much language has changed around COVID that it's almost just changed how we talk to each other. And, mm-hmm. right, you know, when you're referring to a, a non-vax person as a drunk driver, like we just have to unwind some of this, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. um, is there some advice that you could give us, you know, listeners that aren't, you know, we haven't had boundary training. We're yeah. not doctors in this stuff, you know, right. right? People say that all the time. Well, Dr. Ben, you're, you know, you're a doctor, natural doctor. You know all this stuff. I don't, right? And so mm-hmm. I, 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 that's very real truth. Right. You know, yeah. yeah, you haven't studied nutrition for 20, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So how do I curate that enough to give them some basic good advice as they're on the journey, right? right? Not that it's unattainable, not that they can't have very clear boundaries, but do you have, not to ask you to synthesize your life's work into, you know, <laughs> a few bullet points, right. but... Is there a few things that you can suggest to our listeners that do struggle? You know, my stepdad doesn't want to see me ever again unless I'm vaccinated, right? right. How do I deal with that? Mm-hmm. You know, and and maybe sometimes the answer is it's not your, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. put words in your mouth, but I mean, I just think so often we just get stuck in there. What? That's mean. You're rude. That's terrible. I can't believe you say that. You know what I mean? Right. right. And now I'm stuck there for 10 years of my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I know everything is specific. I'm not asking you to doctor right. over the airwaves or yeah. anything like that, but well, I use the metaphor of the backyards. It's helpful for me is you know, just to imagine like you know people each have dominion over their backyard, and that's they get to make the decisions for that for that. and and we can have opinions about what we think other people should do in their backyards, but it's not our backyard. And the truth is other people's backyards affect us. If your neighbor's barbecuing and the smoke's going in your yard, <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> affect you, right? But there's also the saying that good fences make good neighbors, right? And depending on your relationship with your neighbor, you might have a, you know, six foot cement wall or you might have a, you know, a fence with an open gate or you might not even have a gate at all. But there's the determination of the kind of boundary I need to be in close proximity to you is the one that we develop through our relationships and what it needs to be, right? But we get to decide that. We get to decide what enters in and what what doesn't. And so if someone in their backyard decides, I don't want to have a relationship with you, then we have to honor that because it's their decision to make in their backyard. A relationship is always a two-way contract. It's not, you know, it's like someone wants a divorce. It's like, well, I don't want a divorce, so you can't leave. Like, no, it takes two people to be entered into a relationship agreement. And so if one person says, I'm no longer going to be in agreement with you because you don't have the vaccine and I want to be in a relationship with someone who has the vaccine, then that kind of is what it is. And in your backyard, you're allowed to be disappointed by that. You're allowed to be hurt by that. But it doesn't mean that the other person is doing something wrong. 
on either side. On either yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. we just and so when I have that perspective, or when I when I and so I just think again when we. I mean, I'm just talking to myself today when I'm just, you know, my amygdala is firing and my prefrontal cortex is firing and I'm just stuck in some out of tolerance place. Right. Right. Um, even though, and let's go, let's just go realistically here. Let's not realistically, let's just say it's actually, because this one seems to have both sides. Well, there's pros or cons to the vaccine. Pick something that could be very, you might have a person in your life that's an alcoholic, that right. it's just, it's purely detrimental to their health. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes it's, we get, a, it's a little muddier when it's a, just a, certain choice, you know, do you want mm-hmm. red carpet or black carpet, you know? Right, yeah. This one is like, sometimes there's people in your life that are legitimately having very real struggles that are unhealthy, that mm-hmm. are scary, that are dangerous, right. right? And sometimes, a book I read a long time ago, it was called The Power of a Positive No. Mm-hmm. And I just, it was, for me, it was a kind of a transformative book because I never had associated, sometimes when I'm saying no, it was about boundaries, mm-hmm. when I'm saying no, I'm actually saying yes to something else. That's right? right. I'm saying yes to my family. I'm saying yes to my own whatever, convictions or whatever. So not to put words in your mouth, but just to clarify, there are times where you have to remove yourself from some situations. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make you a bad daughter, a bad dad, bad, Mm -hmm. you know, friend, you know. Um, Matter of fact, sometimes it can be the best thing to do for that relationship. Um, And it might allow your brain to get to a place to rest, your body a place to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you're healing trauma, people are not you healing them, helping Mm -hmm. them, you know, discover that they can heal. Um, Just getting people. So lifestyle does matter, right? I mean, sometimes you're going to have to exercise even if you don't want to, right? You might have to stop the 12 Cokes a day, right? Or the 13 cups of coffee or whatever it is, right? Can't force it, but you can expose a person to the implications of that on their life. They may never have realized, I never thought about the two pots of coffee I drink in the morning. Right. Or maybe we help them to get curious about why they're doing things that they know are not helpful. Right. Like, well, I know that I, I need to be eating healthier, but and I know I have these chronic illnesses, but I'm still going to continue to eat this unhealthy food. And then it's like, OK, we, we meet them there. And we accept them there because that they have to feel safe and to say to get curious about. But, yeah, well, why would why that way? Right. And so we get curious about those patterns because we know that the un, the subconscious mind drives, you know, 95% of our behavior, 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. And so it's a program. It's it's some something that's already been coded in the programming there. And we have to get curious about where to dig next. And so what I see is a lot of people that are that are making responses right now because of things that have been coded in their subconscious and they're not aware of it. And so we're, we're having these conscious debates, you know, with our conscious minds, but meanwhile, we're driven by the programming of our subconscious minds. Would you, last question, I could talk to you all day, you know, um, do you believe, me and Jeff have talked about a lot on this show, and I just think in our present time, media and social media has become such a fan or flame of some pretty tough stuff that can very quickly take us out of our tolerance zone. Right. Absolutely. When you have people that you feel are, you know, all of us that we're really and if you're in a tough place right now and, and I just hear people when I'm at the office, right, they're just saying, it's just like everybody's at this, you know, mm-hmm. tapped out and you're seeing road rage, you're seeing horrible things, murders, and you know, mm-hmm. just like what, what, what? Yeah. Um, that that do is it fair to say just some again, not just general advice, but 
hey, shut off the boob tube and take a walk. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, nope. is that fair advice? That's, exactly that's just, it. do you yeah. believe that that's having a pretty negative impact on us? Again, we all have a choice. You can sit yeah. and watch TV all night long, but it's going to affect you. No, absolutely. And in my quest of finding zero that I work with clients on, it's exactly that. It's, you know, how do I move from the edges of my capacity where I have very little wiggle room to not pop out into a threat response? How do I find that zero where I have that wider range to deal with the things that life throws at, throw at me. And that is like, okay, going out in nature and just sitting and, and having these micro moments of, of savoring, you know, savoring, you know, the light coming through the trees or, or just, you know, noticing my breath and just, you know, sitting there and really just playing with my child. And so those moments of deepening and regulating the nervous system help to turn the amygdala off, help to get the blood flow going to our prefrontal cortex, where we can start to think more deeply about things and, and hold space for curiosity and go, why, why that way? You know, why do I think that way? Or where, you know, is that particularly helpful for me? And, and in that safe place, we have to feel safe in order for us to build new code. In order for us to develop new neural pathways, we have to have a felt sense of safety within our bodies. And many people, so many people, forget COVID, so yeah. many people outside of COVID do not have a felt sense of safety in their bodies. They're, they like literally, I feel like their spirit is like a helium balloon that they're holding outside mm. of their body somewhere. And, and like their body is not a comfortable place to be. They feel anxious, they've got pain. And so part of like the work is like coming home to your body, like to create within your body a safe place to live emotionally because we're speaking kindly to ourselves, physiologically because we're not in a panic threat response all the time. But imagine if your your body felt like a cozy home to come home to, right? That's mm. finding zero. And in that place where we feel safe within our bodies, our immune systems are going to have more resources to fight off anything that life is going to throw at, including COVID. So do you somebody just listened to this and they've maybe never seen, um, I don't love all these terms, but you know, the class, you know, mental health therapist or a counselor right, or yeah. whatever you, you choose a friend, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Clearly there's people with professional skills and skill sets and it's good to utilize. Is there anything that you want to say? Is, do you have a, a resource you suggest a great first book of, you know, cause somebody, cause here's what's going to happen, right? They're going to hear you and they're going to yeah. go, I want you to be my counselor, right? But I live <laughs> right. in Arizona. You know, right? right? You can't see everybody in the world. We get that, right? Well, and, we have telehealth. So. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you can't see everybody, you know, right? So um, is, there, um, is there a first best step that a person that you suggest that they could maybe take if they're feeling stuck or this was a whole new world for them, but they don't know the first place to start? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends what they're looking yeah. to do. I mean, Body Keeps the Score is a great book for okay. people. It's a big one, but it really helps people to understand how trauma gets stuck in the body and, and how it affects, um, you know, their their health overall. Okay. Um, but, you know, any I would really start, I'm, I'm a somatic, I really like somatic work. And so I, I feel like sometimes mm. we're just like, I need to read, I need to learn more. Mm. And I'm like, I try to get people out of their heads and more like into their bodies. And so you know, I would really want people to turn off the TV, like you said, put down the phone and go outside, get some fresh air, get, you know, get some sunshine um, and take some really deep breaths and, and connect with what, what makes you feel like when have you felt safe in your life? You know, we call these like anchors, like things that anchor you into that felt sense of safety mm -hmm. and start reconnecting with those things. And unfortunately, those are the things that have been stripped away from us a lot in the past year and, 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 and half. And kind mm -hmm. of intentionally, because if you can yes. keep me in a state of fear, I'm controllable. Exactly. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'm going to, your perceived, your recommended solution to me will be 
what I'll potentially feel like I'm supposed to do, right? Even if it doesn't something I really want to do. And so, you know, if you're listening, our, we've talked a lot about, you know, health and wellness on our life is a journey. Your dad is an example of what it sounds like a life well lived. Yeah, he and did, absolutely. And if you've got a guy that's going down the Bahamas at his last days and catching yeah. fish or seeing friends, like that's, I, that's my kind of guy, you yeah, know, right? Yeah. So um, this is a journey that we all are experiencing and we're all going to have different lengths of time of that and different opportunities and all of that. So it's, I've always said this to people. My job is not to help you live longer. Um, no, I can't do that. Nobody can do that, right? Our, I, I think our focus is on the quality during that time, right? Mm-hmm. That we're able to live out those things and have the relationships that God has allowed us to have and whatever our circle of influence looks like and all of those things. Plans and purposes, the purposes that you talked about earlier when we have mm-hmm. peace and we have the power, when we mm-hmm. have the, the, the mindset to do that. And so if you're listening to this today, I guess I would just feel like I'd want to say to you, like, we can't answer every question on a 45-minute podcast, you know, that wasn't intended to, but hopefully we've opened up your eye. I know I have, you know, like, it's just made me go, and I've got to, I've got to, you know, check some things, right? Even though they're, we feel like we're in the righteous fight, right? Mm -hmm. Your work is so important. You feel like I got to go, you could say, I got to go save everybody with trauma, right? And you're fighting with people to convince them they can heal their trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And at some point you had to probably reconcile it's yeah. not mine, yeah. you know? And so if you're listening to this today, the important part is starting that journey, right? It might look like you said, shutting off the TV tonight and going on an hour walk that you haven't done in five years, and you didn't even know your yeah. neighbor had a bird's right. nest or yeah. whatever, you know? And mm-hmm. start there, and then yeah. keep tuning in and keep learning and read a book or go on a jog or, mm-hmm. you know, have one less cup of coffee. Like, that's the power, Connection right. helps. Connection helps regulate the nervous system. Co-regulation, and so connecting with people. You know, sitting and really just having a conversation with your neighbor or your child or your partner. You know, just just being present really is what it's about, and just appreciating, just noticing more, and and slowing down, really slowing down. We're just processing so much information right now, and and it's like there's just it's too much, you know. And we it just is too much. we just need to slow down and, and appreciate and connect more. We're not designed to we're process not, that much. That's it's, right. We're not. So we're there's not. no way to learn how to do that. That's right. The answer is to stop. Yeah. You know, um, we're so thankful, Leslie. If you're ever up for, I would love to have you back. Yeah. You know, just so to kind of keep me. progressing, and mm-hmm. and I'm sure there'll be questions we'll get that people want to know about, and as this stuff keeps getting whatever it's getting, right? Yeah. Crazier, Hopefully, I didn't like push too many buttons. <laughs> oh, you would be surprised. Yeah. No, you're a safe, safe audience. But thank you so okay. much. Great. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.